Because in UAE they are they have a emir every every state in the UAE. Yeah, every emirate has in an emir. Yep. Yes. In Australia, is Australia has a bottoms up federalism? No, they what they what they basically have is a form of it's almost um, how do you say this? Kind of like Canada's case. Yes, similar ah, to Canada's case. Canada. In Canada, similar. they use lieutenant ceremonial governor, but in Australia, they use go ceremonial governor. Yes, uh, the yes. main difference between uh, the, the premier okay, is wait. the yeah. head of government. They, they are the same. They use the same. They basically use a very similar system, but the difference is the terminology used. In Canada. In Canada, they use uh, uh, terminology that sounds more centralized. Sounds more, sounds more centralized. For example, they don't use states; they use yes, provinces probably, probably. because they want to but make it sound Canada, more centralized. There, there is wait, wait, let me say. They, like just wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just wait. Just, yes, just let, let me finish. Let me finish. They use that. They use that. Okay. They use that paradigm that makes it sound more. That makes it sound more centralized because uh -huh. they don't want to sound like they're giving too much freedom to the sub subdivisions of the country. Why? Because they formed their federation two years after the end of the U.S. Civil War. Okay? Yeah. And in the U.S. Civil War, everyone knows that it was because the states from the South wanted to get out of the Union. They wanted to secede. They have this, oh, this whole states' rights movement. This whole idea that the states were had more powers than the federal government and all that. So when the when when Britain, which was still ruling Canada, basically set up what became the the, the confederation, is what they call it, but actually it's a federation. They came up with terminology that made it seem like Canada is more centralized because they wanted Canada to make is more it more centralized than the US. They no, they wanted it to look like that. Look like that. Uh, look centralized. Appear. Let's talk because about in reality just wait, just wait, I'm not done. Because in reality it is actually said that Canada now 
in many cases has more has more autonomy among their in, among their provinces than among the states of the U.S. That's what they say. That's what some Canadians say, or some political scientists say. That's the way it is now. But the, it started off because in Canada they wanted to avoid the problems of the USA. That's uh-huh. the that's the main reason. And so they used province instead of state, and they did not use the word governor. Instead, they used lieutenant governor. Yes, lieutenant. Uh-huh. Sorry, there there is an error. Oh, my connection. Sorry, there is an error on my on my internet okay okay let's talk about <coughs> vasil for me vasil is not an bottoms up federalism no it's not for no, me vasil is like an unitary because in vasil the national government has has more power than the state government yeah actually it's like this okay i'll, I'll tell you how it works uh bottom up federalism usually happens in coming together federalisms yeah. usually more, okay more it does not it does not happen it's different in a country that is holding together federalism so holding together federalism is usually when you have a somewhat unitary like system and then you give you make them federal if it's if they are independent colonies or independent kingdoms coming together that's bottom up Okay, that's bottom-up, and that's called coming together. But uh, many of these, usually former colonies, normally tend to be, uh, they, they tend to be more on the, how do you say this, uh, top-bottom, top-down. Okay, they used to be, you're usually more, um, more, how do you say this, holding together. That's usually for, for, uh, colonies of another country except for the US which is the yes, first US. the first colony because they they start, they had very very independent yes. colonies back then but when the british decided to come set up uh, canada because canada is the result of essentially the uh, loyalist americans yes loyalists. Uh, moving they to mo- moving to the north UK because their head of state is queen elizabeth Yeah, well, the, at that time it was it was King Do- King George. At that yes, point in King time, George. they were loyalists of the British crown, so they yes, were they are loyalists. They, yes. they wanted right. to stay with Britain. So these are these people, the Canadians, basically the Canadians are basically uh, Americans who left the 13 colonies and they moved into uh, they moved to the north. They moved to Quebec. They moved mostly to Montreal. Montreal. And uh, they moved Montreal, to Montreal, French, and then, yeah. Quebec. Many of them moved to that part of Quebec because there was only one French. Canada. Canada before Canada before was basically Quebec. That was New France. Ah, New, New France. France. Yes. New Louisiana. France. Louisiana. And of course, but Louisiana but is, uh, no, no. Louisiana was no longer French at that time. It was already a Spanish. Uh, 
it, it had fallen under the there was a time when it fell under the Spaniards if, if you recall but anyway yeah Louisiana at that point in time was still French and um, many there were the Acadians that the, they became the Cajuns but anyway before that the point is most of the uh, most of the Americans who were loyal to the British they moved north so they went to Quebec they moved they went to the area now known as Quebec and then later on they started moving westward so that's where they had Ontario and all those other areas that are now predominantly English speaking so um, yeah that's how it that's how it happened and uh, Canada was before actually unitary Canada is an example of a uh, colony used to be called used to be unitary and uh, they decided they needed to have uh, federalism that would essentially respect the rights of the and uh, and the English speaking so that's what happened like at least yung mga yung mga English speaking nagpuntahan na ng west kasi nga eh, nag, they, they were all living in an area where most the people were, were speaking French so many of them that's why they have the same accent as let's American. talk about basically EU. Americans let's talk about EU is EU and medieval because EU is like is like an U is like USA because EU many counties in EU has an open borders and EU EU has an parliament what do you say about EU is EU an a uh, federal federal state or uh, no no it's, not. it's actually a it's a it's a confederation yes confederation. it's more it's more like a confederation why because each of the countries have their own sovereignty also or each of the component countries yes. have their own sovereignty, sovereignty but they don't the borders have is open and they don't have yeah they they just have open borders that's Shinegan all but, area. but they don't it's have Shinegan the same area. kind of they don't have the same kind of ability to enforce things the way that uh, a country with under federalism does so they're not they're not really under federalism they are halfway between a confederation and a federation but they are more of a confederation let's talk about you Russian federation because in Russia many states in Russia has using republic for example in Russia there is a republic yeah. Altai so republic are, okay Oblast. so let me explain let me explain, let me explain. so yeah let me explain so they have asymmetric federalism in Russia so they have uh, those uh, oblast they have the republics republics are basically uh, they are usually of a slightly higher level of autonomy than uh, oblasts and the others you know? so these um, essentially the, the republics usually they are given that status because they have uh, people who are of a different ethnicity that's usually the reason for that Okay. it's uh you know essentially the, these different ethnicities they are gi they're given yes, what is Russia, essentially a republic ethnicities like the Chechen the yes. Tatar eh, Ukrainians and Mongolians and many more so there are so many more but so majority of Russians are whites 
Well, many of these others are also white. You know, the Chechens are also white. Many of them. If you're talking about majority of them, maybe a little over 50% are ethnic Russians. Maybe a, a majority of But there's very little difference between ethnic Russians and Ukrainians. You know, the Ukrainians and uh, Belarusians and, uh, and uh, ethnic Russians are actually very, 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 very similar. But very, very little difference. But Belarusians and Ukrainians are also a different. Bela many people in Belarus loves Russia, but in Ukraine, many Ukrainians hate Russia. Yeah, that's right. Well, depends. Depends where they're from. Many of those from the western side of uh, of Ukraine, they don't like Russia. Many of those from the eastern side. Many of those in the eastern side. Donbass. Yeah. So essentially, it's like this: west versus east. And yes. Also, there's a difference. Why? Because there's a main difference. The main difference is this: many of those from the west, they Atlanticism. are Atlanticism. No, no, no. Wait. No, 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 no. That's not what I was going to talk about. No, 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 no. Let me talk first. Essentially, this is how it works. In uh, in the western side of uh, of Ukraine, they were under the Polish before, yes, and many of them, Polish. many of them, of Second Polish Republic. Oh, lang, lang, di pa ako tapos. Many of them ended up becoming Catholic. Pero Rush, pero Orthodox parin sila. Oh, I mean, basically, yung rituals nila are still Eastern Orthodox, but Many of them were they they ended up uh, becoming under the Pope, so they became what you call units. Unit. So here uh, they're called Ukrainian Catholics. Basically, they they use uh, like a Greek Orthodox or Russian yeah, Orthodox Eastern style. They are called Church. Eastern Catholics because they are using the Eastern Rite, Byzantine Rite. Know, Greek style or Russian style, but um, they are <coughs> under they are under the authority of the Pope in Rome. Yes, now that's in the West. Those are the ones in the West, and many of them speak Ukrainian. So Ukrainian is um, basically you know run, you know how it is in in China. They have these different dialects, right? You have the Hokkien, you have Hokkien, you have no, no, just wait. Let, let me talk. Let me talk. So you have you have your different dialects, right? In the case of in the case of uh, the eastern Sla the eastern Slavs, that's the same thing that happened. You ended up having the Russians, the Ukrainians, Belarusians, but they're basically just they started off as just dialects of each other, dialects of the same Rus language. But then uh, because of isolation, because of you know, the western side of uh, Ukraine became under the Poles, the, the Polish. They they did not have much contact with the people from the east side, so they ended up speak. They ended up retaining the their old dialect, which became very very different from Russian. But actually, it's 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 in a way similar. But uh, yeah, they diverged from each other. They diverged from each other. So so culturally, what happened to the Western Ukrainians is that they many of them became many of them not all but many of them became Eastern Catholics. Many of them continued using the old Ukrainian uh, dialect, which became a language on its own, and they ended up having an anti 
uh, Russia, an anti-Russia sentiment. But those in the East, many of them, they they are more Russian-oriented. They speak Russian as their language, and many of them are many of them are uh, Orthodox. So that's what happens. There is a split among them. Uh, to one extent, there was also something similar in among the Belarusians because the Belarusians also mostly became uh, they were under the Lithuanians, the man. They became under the Lithuanians, or also Catholic. And many of the Belarusians also became also became Eastern Catholic. But the difference is because the Belarusians, uh, their their overlords were speaking a different language because. Lithuanian is a very different language from Belarusian. They felt more connected with their fellow Slavs who were the Russians. Whereas in Ukraine, their overlords were Polish, who are also Slavs, whose language is similar to theirs. So they did, they had, they did not have the same kind of affinity for the Russians, the same way that the Belarusians had. So anyway, let's 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 move on. Let's talk about parliamentary system and semi-presidential and presidential system. What is the difference of parliamentary, semi-presidential, and pure presidential system? What What is the difference of the three? Parliamentary, presidential, and semi-presidential. What is the difference? Okay, I will first talk about the main the main difference. Pres pure presidential system is like a monarchy. Okay. It's like yes, a monarchy. It's like an it's like an absolute monarchy, where the head of state actually is the one calling the shots. Yes. And he has no. And in one that particular case, he, he does not even have a prime minister under him. There is no prime minister. But in South Korea, South Korea is a presidential, but they have a prime minister in South because Korea. Because they are almost like us. They are almost. President. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk first about the ones in the in Latin America and the the U.S. They're basically similar to an absolute monarchy where there is no prime minister, there is no uh, second in command, there is no second in command. It is only a pure, just a president, and then after that you have the you have the the Congress, right? Now, in that particular case, all all executive authorities really coming from the president in that sense. The difference now is between that's the pure presidential form and then you you then have the parliamentary structure. Okay? I will say I will use the word parliamentary structure to explain all those kinds of forms of government that have a parliament and the head of state that are separate from each other. So that includes both the, par the parliamentary system and the semi-presidential system. Because in both systems, you both have a head of state and a head of government who are separate from each other. The difference is, the, the main difference between semi-presidential and, and parliamentary is that in the semi-presidential system, and you have many forms of the semi-presidential system, you have uh, still have a powerful head of state and a, uh, a head of government who may have some executive powers also. Whereas in the parliamentary system, all powers, all 
main executive powers have been delegated to the prime minister the prime in, minister, the, right. in the, the parliamentary system. So um, now you also have those um, other systems like the ones in uh, South Korea, for example, or Taiwan, where you have a uh, president who is very powerful and, an, and a prime minister who is really just second in command. Well, that, in that particular case, that, that person is really just the second in command. He's really just the second in command. And in many cases, he doesn't have, he, he, he is not even chosen by the, um, he's not even chosen by the, by the parliament. He just needs to have the confidence of parliament, but is actually chosen actively by the president. So that's, that's the main difference. That's what happened in the Philippines, by the way, under yeah. under the first, uh, Republic, first Republic uh, parliament. After no, uh, under no, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about the 1980s 1980s yes. system of Marcos. Marcos. Yung time ni Marcos. Cesar Virata. Yes, Virata was really just a glorified executive secretary. That's what he was, executive secretary. Para siyang executive secretary. Naginawang prime minister lang. Yun ang nangyari. What is the correct movement? Can you tell about what is the correct movement? Okay, the, the correct movement is uh, is basically, it stands, stands for, correct stands for constitutional reform and rectification for economic competitiveness and transformation. We were formed in 2010, 2010, as a basically we wanted to make constitutional reform become popular, and in in order to do that, we needed to educate more people about why we need constitutional reform, what's wrong with the 1987 constitution, and therefore we also had to teach people. We had to teach people to understand uh, why we need to be open to foreign direct investors, why we need to have a federal parliamentary system. So that's what we were doing and that's that's what we're all about. Let's talk about FDI. Let's talk about the in let's talk about Panama and Singapore. Panama is like the Philippines for me because Panama is a former Spanish colony and US colony. Panama was was invaded by the US and the Spanish yes Panama was the is a former US colony like the Philippines but there are differences of Panama Panama is open to FDI but Philippines is close to FDI but Panama has also similarities to the Philippines because Panama is a is a unitary presidential and Philippines in is unitary unitary Presidential. What do you say about the difference of Philippines and Panama? Well, there are many. First of all, there are main. There is a main difference between uh, Panama and the Philippines. Number one, Panama is quite small. It's it's yes, actually small. a very small place. That's they why part okay, of Gran That's why that's why they are own okay sila na magunitary. Because it's small naman eh. And secondly, unlike the Philippines, uh, they. We are big um, Philippines. They are. Uh, they were also. They were close, of course, closer to Spain. So they had more Spanish uh, 
settlers. Yeah, Therefore, Panama why, is like the Philippines. No, no, not very much like the Philippines because because, because Panama has not also very much like invaded the by the US. Eh. Panama not, can also yeah, yeah, that's slightly similar, but not really. Okay, I'll tell you why. The main difference is that in the Philippines we no longer speak Spanish. In Panama, they still do. Yes, Why? Spanish. Because Spanish was their first language. Why is it their first language? Because in Panama, the people there, many of them, many of them, yes, many of them are descended from either Spaniards or, well, a few, there are also a few people, uh, blacks there, no? But majority, majority came from... <laughs> you should allow me to talk. I'm, I'm your guest, right? Um... So essentially, marami sa kanila mga ano, marami sa kanila mga of Spanish descent because mas malapit sila. They're closer, physically, geographically closer to Spain than the Philippines because the Philippines is too far away. Kaya sa, sa Philippines kakaunti lang ang mga ang mga Spaniards na dumating. That's why that's why not that many people were able to use it as their first language. They did not. They only learned Spanish as a second language. Most people, only a few people use it as their first language. But in Panama, it was the first language. Now, the second main difference is the Philippines was totally under the U.S. for around almost 50 years. Panama was never really con conquered by the U.S. Not really. Only the Panama Canal was actually under the U.S. They only that only that area was under the U.S. jurisdiction, but, uh, the, but Panama as a country was not. And uh, they were only under influence of the U.S. That's the difference. They were, they were not a U.S. colony. They were not like, they were, they were not like, hindi sila parang Puerto Rico. No, ne, never sila na-occupy. Uh, they were actually, Panama was more like just under the inf only the inf inf under the influence of the US because of the Panama Canal but para silang para silang protectorate but not even not really it's just may ano eh, may leverage lang yung US sa kanila because of the canal yun 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 yung difference now there are so many and then with the uh, currency, for example, the currency nila na gumagamit sila ng US dollar. US dollars. That's yeah. not that's not because of because uh, ano sila ko uh, colony ng US. No, not even because even Ecuador also uses US dollars, and so do other. There are some other places in Latin America that also do that because of the excessive devaluation of their currency. That's the reason why they they abandon their own currency. Many of these countries in Latin America abandoned their currency because of the overinflation that happened. So, nag US dollar na talaga sila. Because sobrang, sobrang worthless na ng kanilang, ano eh, uh, kanilang, how do you say this, yung kanilang own currency. Yun yung nangyari. So, even, even, uh, even, even uh, Argentina at some point was, in many times, many cases, Using also the U.S. dollar. I mean, it, it's it's Peg. common everywhere. Peg. In, uh, Peg. It, ang ano? Hirap talaga ng kanilang currency. Eh. So anyway, uh, the difference is the main difference is natuto ang Panama. Panama yes. decided. Gayain na lang natin ang Singapore. Yes. Sabi na, yes. Gayain natin ang Singapore. Singapore well, parliamentary. Ano? But but hindi naman nila kinaya ng 
ng Panama yung ano eh. Ginaya nila yung FDI. Ginaya nila yung FDI na being open to FDI ng Singapore. Ginaya nila because they said, well, sa bagay, daming barko dumadaan sa sa Singapore, eh, marami rin naman barko dumadaan sa atin because of the Panama Canal. So, let's do what Singapore is doing. Let's follow them. Let's copy them. Yun, that's why they're also doing pretty well because they decided to learn from Singapore, to be open to foreign investors. So, that's why they're, they're, they're doing okay. Philippines needs to do the same. Kasi kung lagi tayong close na lang sa foreign direct investors, walang mangyayari. Lagi tayong wala, kulang ng trabaho, kulang ng... Wala na, everybody will be leaving the Philippines just to find jobs. This is the reason why the Philippine passport has only 66 visa free than than the Singapore yes because Filipinos can only enter 66 countries because many countries believe that Filipino are are illegal aliens but in Singapore and Malaysia has many visa free because Malaysia in Singapore has has not hindi sila may libag migrate, di ba? Yung mga Ma- Malaysian at Singapore. They don't like to migrate. Hindi, hindi sila nag-TNT. Yes, TNT. Tago ng tago. Merong din nagmamigrate sa kanila. No? Many of them, if ever, pupunta sila ng Australia. Australia sila pupunta, kung meron man. Pero, hindi sila nag-TNT. Yun yung difference. Let's talk about protectionism in Australia and New Zealand. Australia Australia in the 1930s has a protectionist and the New Zealand in the 1970s is a protectionist. But New Zealand is open to FDI in 1960s. In 1980s, not 1960s. Be- Why the New Zealand open their country to the foreign direct investor in the 1980s? Who is the Prime Minister who opened New Zealand to foreign direct investor I forgot who is the Prime Minister who... I forgot who it is, but uh, they basically learned their lesson. They uh, they realized that uh, being closed was not helping them, it was not helping their economy. Because their economy went down because of the protectionism. Their economy, they had problems, they had budget problems, they had... They had financial issues because of their protect- protectionism, and they decided. Connection Evo status na. mo, Kur. Evo. Nag-evo yung net. Internet mo. Oh, yes. May internet has... Uh, palagi nag-evo eh. Oo oh, nga Anyway. Let, let's... Let's talk about your comedy. O nga yun. You're a comedian. Hobby lang. Do you know Nathan Hartono? The, the Indonesian Singaporean... Singer. No. Hosan Leong. Hosan Leong. I know Hosan Leong. I know him personally. Yes. I know Hosan Leong, yes. Yes. He is a Singaporean theater actor and 
comedian. Let's talk about the history of OFW and 6040. What is the history of the OFW? Bakit dumami ang OFW sa buong mundo? Why OFW became dominated? Well, dumami, ang, dumami ang OFW kasi kulang ang pangkong. English, English, not Tagalog. Taglish. Yeah, yeah. Kaya, My OFW became... We ended up having so many OFWs. We had so many OFWs because jobs were so rare yes, in the Philippines. We had very few jobs. And yeah. a lot of it was because of the 6040. And in fact, yeah. we already had 6040 even before. Yes, 6040. Uh, 1935 Constitution. Already open, had 6040. Open to FDI, 1935 Constitution. No, uh, 1935 Constitution. They actually had some, uh, some 6040 as well for nat natural resources and uh, public utilities. The difference is that because of the U.S. the U Amer the Parity Rights Agreement, American companies could still own 100% in the Philippines because under the Parity Rights Agreement. Uh, Under the Parity Rights Agreement, American companies and American citizens had the same rights as Filipino citizens. So, they could still come into the Philippines, but it was due to expire, I think, in, 19, in the 1970s. Pagi expire yun sa 1970s. So, yung mga time na yan na nagsimula na yung mga parang yung mga ibang companies, hindi na sila masyado nag-i-invest. So starting in the 60s, kumina yung investments ng mga American companies na hindi na sila masyadong nag-expand. Nag, uh, so unti-unti, dumadami yung mga... Kasi every year, nagproproduce tayo ng mga engineers and, ano, and mga educated uh, college graduates. And um, during that time, because there were many cases where people did not have jobs, Because there were not, no, no more new expansions of many American companies. Kasi nga, takot na sila eh. Man. Ay, nako, baka mag-expire yung parity rights agreement. Hindi mo, cautious sila. And when they were not anymore expanding, so kumonti yung mga job opportunities. That's why, ang daming napilitang mga Pilipino na mag-abroad. And during that time, The one, the places that needed a lot of uh, OFWs were Saudi Arabia. Yes, the, Saudi Arabia the and those areas. So, yun, and then, and then also in the U.S., and mga nurse, and then sometimes mga engineers then nagpupuntahan sa U.S. But when, but when the parity rights agreement totally expired, ayun, talagang problema na tayo. And then it got worse because in 1986, uh, in the 1987 Constitution, talagang naglagay sila ng expanded pa yung mga, yung mga 6040. So, naging mas grabe pa. So, kumunti yun talaga yung mga gustong mag-set mag, mag, uh, up sa Pilipinas. Is, is the Philippines a first world country? In the 1950s, and no, and we were never in first world country. Third world, third world in 1950s. Third world, but talk about during during the American times, the 1910s, ganyan, 1920s, we were actually booming. 
first world. We were not, no, we were not first world, but we were seen as a country that was moving up. Our economy was moving up. We were considered to be, at least for example, um, people from other countries felt that the Philippines had more economic opportunities. And they, it was true. The, the standard of living in the Philippines was better than in, in China. Better than in China, better than other places. So, yun. And kaya ang dami ring mga ang dami ring mga galing sa ibang bansa na nag-OFW sa Pilipinas ang nag-aano sila overseas worker papuntang Pilipinas so maraming Japanese pumunta sa Davao maraming Chinese pumunta sa everywhere Davao is the little Tokyo maraming ganun kasi maraming trabaho eh especially because maraming mga American companies there are many Indian migrating in the Philippines in the 1920s oo marami mga Bombay oo ganun Land of promise dati ang Pilipinas, pero nabulok dahil sa mga saradong buto ng mga Pilipino. Let's talk about the Philippine passport, the visa free. Before Shinegen area was invented, because the Shinegen area in the EU was in... Was invented in was invented in 1995. The Senegan visa before 19 before. It's not Senegan. It's not Senegan. It's Schengen. Ah, Schengen. Before the Schengen visa was invented in 1995, in 1995, Filipino can enter some European countries like Sweden, Norway. Spain, Portugal without a visa before the Schengen visa was invented in 1995. Before 1995. Before well, um, actually before the 1980s. Before the 1980s, and uh, before, because there was a time when, when um, it became hard for people to, for Filipinos to start going to other countries. Mga 80s, mahirap na. Pero mga 60s and 70s, madali pa. Pero hindi, hindi yung Sengen yung sigurata. Yung Sengen, that's when it became hard for Filipinos to go to Spain. Yes. But it's in, because it's But before 1995, Filipino can, be, can visit Spain without a visa. Before 1995. Um, I'm not sure if it's... In, No, I know we still needed a visa, but it was easy to get it. I think it's in the 1970s and early 1980s. Na pwede pa, pwede pang magano no visa. Pero I don't know the I don't know the story there. I need to check that. Salam ko, alam ko by 1990s, or even late 1980s, medyo you still needed a visa to go to to Spain. Hindi nga lang mahirap. Yes, like, like India and Pakistan. India and Pakistan in the 1970s, 60s, and 80s. Indian and Pakistani and Bangladeshi can visit UK without a visa in the 1970s, 80s, and 60s. Because India and Pakistan and Bangladesh are former British colony. Let's talk about the Westminster system. What is the difference of Westminster system 
than any parliamentary system? What is the difference of Westminster than any parliamentary system? Well, the Westminster system is a much more adversarial style. Uh, unlike the other, unlike the other uh, systems, you can see it in the in the layout of their uh, debating chamber. So the, la the the debating chambers of other European countries, na parliamentary, it's usually semicircular, or even sometimes in the case of Germany or some others, even almost purely circular. But in the Westminster system, it's not a circular system, but it's an angular, it's a rectangular system. When I say rectangular, then you have you have uh, two opposing sides, and uh, you have a table in the middle, and then you have these face-offs between the, the opposition and the government. Whereas in other parliamentary systems, you don't have as much of that because uh, it's more of a consensus-driven system in other parts of uh, Europe, and uh, they normally don't even have a full. Uh, what do you call this? A, a government that is composed of one party, but usually it, it's based on a coalition of several parties. So, mas consensual yung the thing. Did you get that? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the the political ideology. What is the difference of left-wing politics and right-wing politics? What is the difference of the two ideology? Left-wing versus right-wing. What is the difference? Well, there are many ways of explaining it. Because many people would say right-wing is supposedly more, supposedly more conservative. Left-wing is supposedly more liberal, though, but not necessarily. And, um, uh, they sometimes say right wing is more nationally, um, whereas left wing is more social, socialist. Posted uh, like that, but not, not always turning out like that. These days, not really. Um, it also depends on the society. So sometimes, you know, it it not it's not a very clearly clearly defined. Uh, uh, spectrum when you say left wing or right wing. Um, most of the time when people say right wing, supposedly, supposedly they're more fiscally conservative, supposedly, you know, and then uh, right, uh, left wing is supposed to be more, uh, they spend a lot of government resources trying to give freebies and redistribute, supposedly like that, but um, not always the case. Is 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 Ferdinand Marcos a leftist or a right wing? Is Ferdinand Marcos a leftist or a right wing? Marcos. Well, I think he presented himself slightly more right wing in a sense that he slightly more right wing because he was um, he was using he was using nationalism as his uh, rally cry. No, his rallying cry was uh, was nationalism, and uh, and then he he was also going against the communists. Yes, anti-communist. Yeah. Putin is Putin a leftist or a right wing? He's Putin. actually more. He's actually a bit more right wing. 
For me, 
Ito ha, ito. Hilary, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Teka lang. The reason why I say that is because dun sa mga ibang countries in Europe before, ang nangyayari, yung mga mayayaman, okay, na nagig, siyempre, institutionalized yung yung uh, nobility din, di ba? Along with monarchy comes nobility. Because the, the nobles were basically from the rich class. Because it was an uh, institutionalized uh, system, the, me the members of the nobility were expected to serve the country. So, kung anak ka ng mayaman, parang hindi ka pwedeng paisi-isi lang ng buhay na eh, mayaman na ako eh, so i-enjoy ko lang yung buhay ko. Hindi eh. Kung anak ka ng mayaman, expected ka as a anak ng duke, anak ng count, anak ng baron, whatever. Kasi ikaw, magiging baron ka rin, ikaw magiging count ka, magiging o ano pa dyan mga prince dyan, uh, you know, all these roles. You are expected to be good at a certain field or to excel in certain things. Many of them, in in the past, in Europe, they joined the army, or some of them became diplomats. So they they, they studied they studied a lot. And so in, in the same thing in Europe, in in England or in, in uh, Britain, marami dun sa kanila hindi hindi lang sa nagigipulitiko lang no. They became many of them became public servants as. Uh, Oftentimes, becoming mga ano mga nasa nasa military sila, nagjoin sila sa military. So, kung mayaman na sila, anak na sila ng mayaman eh. So wala na silang they don't have to worry about yung pagkain nila. So so as ano they 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 could afford to serve the country in fields that did not pay very well. So like yun nga pagiging sudalo, pagiging Diba? Mga public servant. Kasi mayaman na sila eh. Ang problema sa Pilipinas, yung mga anak na mayaman, dami dyan, easy-easy lang. Ay, anak na ako na mayaman eh. So, uh, magiging playboy na lang ako. Magiging ano na lang ako. Parang yung easy-easy lang. May maraming ganun eh. Eh, dapat sila yung mga anak na mayaman. They have the resources to become very good at certain things. I mean, they have the money to go to the best schools, right? But hindi sila nagiging but hindi sila sumasali sa pagiging ano, diplomat ng Pilipinas. Magiging analyst na, you know, alam nila dapat yung mga dapat <coughs> naging diplomat sila para yung bata pa lang sila, marunong sila salita ng ibang languages, they can represent the country better. Wala eh. Wala eh. Hindi sila nagsaserve eh. Like in, like in Spain, in UK, yung yung mga anak ng mga royal family nag-aawa lamang sa public yung mga, sa public school lang nag-aawa yung sa, sa UK at sa Spain yung mga anak ng royal family simple lang sa public school lang nag-aawal sa mga elementary sa kasahay school more importantly kahit, sa, kahit dun sila sa mamahaling mag-aaral basta i-devote nila yung oras nila na mag-serve dun sa, sa bansa. Yun yung importante. Eh, yung mga sa Pilipinas, yung mga ibang mayayaman, okay lang kung yung mga anak na mayaman na negosyante, nagiging negosyante rin. Kasi pag nagtayo sila ng, nego, ng negosyo, siyempre, nakakatulong sila. Pero yung iba dun sa kanila, na iba, nagiging pabanjing-banjing na lang eh. Anak, anak, anak na mayaman, so naging ah, banjing-banjing na lang ako. Yun yung ginagawa lang nila. 
they're not they're not serving they're not helping they're not doing anything that adds value to the country well yun eh yun problema wala silang attitude na tumulong di ba yun yung akin eh Uh, this is the last topic the last topic we talk our last topic is is about technology mm. I know you're an IT uh-huh. what is the difference of the DVD and the BHS Eh, siyempre yung DVD, mas malaki yung kanyang, yung kanyang, yes. ano, yung storage capacity. Yes. Like, yes. It has much more um, resolution and better sound quality than the VHS. Yung VHS could never uh, represent, okay, could never really take all those like high resolution, ano, hindi niya kaya eh. Yes. Pawang cassette like, cassette and, and the, and the and CD, audio CD. Konti lang yung kanya kapag hindi. Tsaka since cassette lang siya, yung dating, it cannot do a dynamic search. I mean, it cannot, yung parang tatalon ka na mag-jump ka. Hindi eh. Can you tell me the history of technology? Like the, what is the history of the computer? I know you're an, an IT. I know you're an IT. What is the history of the computer? How computer was, in, was invented? How computer was invented. There were many, there were many, many different computers. But um, uh, well, there's Charles Babbage, long ago, created like counting machine. Um, maraming ano eh, maraming hindi siya hindi siya na invent by just one person eh. Maraming ibang taong nag-invent ng ibat-ibang mga machines that converged to later become the computer. There were many. Uh, they started off really just as counting machines, counting for you know, for for making cal- complex calculations. Para sa nang calculator basically nagsimula yun sa ganon to do certain tasks. And, you know. Iba, there were many different companies. There are many different people who did these kinds of things. There's this guy named Alan Alan Turing who developed a lot of stuff in the computing world. Um, but he's not. But basically, there were many people who contributed to the creation of the computer. There were many different computers that were created. Also, can't you can't very easily point to one person as uh, having created it. Thank you. Thank you for guesting to my podcast. Thank you. Okay. Pasensya na ako kanina kasi nasa labas ako eh. So, thank you. Ngayon, please ngayon, tumawag ka na sa bahay na ako. Yes, thank you. Okay, thanks talaga, JC. Okay. Thank you. Ingat. Good night. Good night. Thank you for guesting my show. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. And, let's go.